IntelliKey Leadership Stories with Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Connect with us on LinkedIn or visit our website, pureintellikey.com. Here's your host, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Welcome back, friends, to another episode of IntelliKey Leadership Stories. This is the podcast where we talk to leaders about guiding their organizations with a higher purpose, a soul-driven vision. And we're just so happy today to talk to a guest who's been involved in technology communications and lifestyle communications in so many different ways. I think, Kirsten, who hasn't used a food delivery app, a ride-sharing app, gone on Facebook? If you've done any of those things, you know the work of our guest today, Monique (laughs) McKenzie. Monique, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm so glad to be here and be speaking with you. And Kirsten, as we think about all those things, you've, you've also come from the telecommunications industry. And what, what are some of the issues that are facing, especially as you talk to your clients who are in these industries, you know, communications, digital platforms, what are some of the leadership questions that they're asking? Wow. And there's <laughs> so many different aspects we can move to. I would say the largest one, if we're going to look at it from a social concern is how are we treating our data? Is it private? And this is in any type of technology company. You want to know that your data is protected. Sure. And I guess on the other social side, you know, how to maintain civility and how to stay, keep the social in social media for sure. Well, Monique, as we bring you into this conversation, let me just tell people a little bit about you. You are a head of lifestyle communications at Facebook. You've also been recognized last year as one of the 40 under 40 by PR Week and all sorts of other groups who are recognizing your work. So it's just so good to have you on our conversation today. Awesome. Thank you so much. And just as quickly as the world changes, so so do roles. So I've been transitioning into a new role at Instagram. So very similar in scope. And Instagram is part of Facebook's family of apps, focused on something very similar, specific to lifestyle with the focus on like culture as well as beauty communications as well. Well, terrific. Congratulations on the move. Thank you. Why don't we start with these questions? What, what are people, in your experience anyway, looking for in a social media platform exchange? They're showing what's going on in their life, but they want to see what other people are doing in their lives. But what, what's the emotional side of that that's driving people in your view? So I think part of um, the emotional side, when I think about it, you know, for me, especially in my day-to-day work with, with Instagram, for example, our mission is to connect people to the things that, that they love. And so even when I think about my own sort of personal experiences, like on social media, I want to connect with friends and family. I want to connect with those things that like truly interest me. And I think about it a lot too, even as I think about my, my days in college, I believe I was a junior in college when Facebook first came out. And it was such this really cool, different experience. It was a way to stay connected, to to take pictures. And I think about it, you know, literally 15 years later, just in the same way for me, social media has just always been a way to, to stay connected, especially in a world where we can be so far apart, um, whether you're physically apart, you know, away from family and friends um, as well, like just even far apart in terms of the experiences that we're 
we're having. So for me, I often think about social media as, as really like a social connector. And when you think about to the past year, I mean, a few months that we've had living in this pandemic where we've all been hunkered down, we've, many of us have been like isolated, right? Isolated from family and friends and just isolated from the lives that we've had. You know, social media has certainly found a way to keep us all connected and also, you know, bring us joy. You know, although I you know, work at Instagram, I mean, I, I spend time on like TikTok quite a bit. I spend time on like Twitter quite a bit. And, and those experiences are able to bring me joy and help me stay connected, bring me laughs, especially in a year that we've had. I, I think that we could all use a bit of joy. So I really look at social media as this connector and in and, and a way to keep us connected to people, to bring some bit of joy, despite what may be happening in the world around us. Mm, I love that. And if you don't mind, I'd love to explore with you just some points. How do you speak to all of these concerns that are out there as people are starting to look to alternatives because of the concerns? A lot of people have anxiety when they get onto social media because of competition and, you know, it just feeds other negative stuff. So I think for me, I can only speak to my experiences, like, which is what, you know, I tend to do. I can't really speak to necessarily the other experiences that people may be having. That's just not really my experience or something that I can speak to. Okay, fair enough. And I, I think what you've described too is there's an opportunity for, you know, us to get inspired by what other people are doing and but get excited and, and join them. So I think maybe that's what you're talking about. Absolutely. And I, I recognize that, you know, everyone has different experiences. I can only speak to mine and just like what I enjoy and like what I get out of social media and like what it does for me. Mm-hmm. And from a standpoint of your own leadership journey, you know, and your own sole purpose, do you feel like that journey is being expressed in, in your work today? And what else are you looking forward to? Absolutely. Um, For me, what's important to me, and and this was something that I I came into probably about six or seven years ago, when I started working at Lyft, I was at a point in my career where it was important for me to align with companies and organizations that have have a mission um, and want to make true like impact. And so with Lyft, their mission was really around like transforming like transportation, right? And recognizing that, you know, cities, unfortunately, they weren't built around people. They were actually built around cars. And so when I think about the roles that I take both professionally and personally, I always like to think about like, is there impact that I can make? Like, what can I do? What's that piece that I can own and that I can make sustainable long-term impact for other people? So for example, one of the things that I worked on in this past year, as you can imagine, COVID-19 has had quite a toll on, on many people, especially small businesses, um, in particular, Black-owned businesses. And so there were a number of initiatives that Facebook participated in specific to small business grants that were for Black-owned businesses. But then also for the holiday season, we had a campaign around Buy Black, specifically Buy Black Friday, which was really geared toward really sort of taking that day, that energy that we all tend to spend the day after Thanksgiving on on shopping, but more so directing those dollars toward like Black-owned businesses. So what I loved about that campaign was it actually drove true like impact, like 
actually driving sales. So for example, as a part of that campaign, every Friday, we had a, what we call the Buy Black Fridays show, where we were able to bring on a number of different Black-owned businesses. Um, and there was a business on the show. It's my one of my favorite businesses. It's a skincare brand called Ray Du. Um, and so the founder, she spoke about one of their products. It was a face serum. And literally her sales increased by like 1300%. And so for me, when I think about that impact and just like other stories I've heard from small businesses that I work with, that's the sort of thing that drives me. So if I'm able to make any degree of like impact, you know, with a small business, so whether it's, you know, working with a reporter on a story on their business that drives sales, like those are the things that are important to me and really thinking about how me, like one person can, can make impact um, and, and what that looks like. Very exciting. You know, one of the things, Monique, you might recall that last year we did a series of amplifying Black voices, where we really tried to share our platform of our podcast to tell the kind of community-based stories that you're describing with Black-owned businesses and so forth. What else do you think we need to appreciate in terms of the voice that we need to hear? So I, I, I think there's a lot. Um, I could probably spend spend hours on this, but maybe if I just, you know, sort of relate it to Black-owned businesses, something that I'm really passionate about is I think one, being thoughtful and mindful of, you know, how we can elevate, amplify businesses. Um, so that's something that I tend to do quite a bit on just my social media platform. So even during the holidays, you know, my personal Facebook page, I was spotlighting Black-owned businesses every day, you know, product that I love, restaurants that I love to go to. So, you know, I think in part lending our voices, I think of course, lending our dollars, um, you know, as much as we can. So studies show that black owned founders, they don't have as much access to capital as compared to others. So when you think about, you know, where you spend your dollars at being able to make a conscious decision, you know, about that. And I think that's across the board for so many things in life, right. Of like just making really conscious decisions. And I think really shopping your values, right. Regardless of, you know, whether it's a support of a black owned business or it's in support of, you know, a business owned by, you know, an Asian American or Pacific Islander, or if it's, you know, a women owned business, whatever that may be, but just ensuring that your values, you know, align with the things that you do both personally, as well as professionally, as much as you can. Mm. And we're always curious about, you know, what shaped those values for you. Mm -hmm. What was it in your maybe upbringing or even your early adulthood in your career that really helped shape that point of view that you're expressing there? So, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I'm, I'm 36, um, I'll be 37 in August. And it's really interesting when I kind of look back in my life and think about like how, how I got here, because you know, I, I wouldn't have envisioned that I would have been here. You know, I grew up, you know, my parents always instilling me, okay, you're going to go to college. It's like, okay, I go to college. And then like, what do you do? Right. Like after you go to college, what, where, where are you working? What are you doing? And when I think about, you know, when I left college compared to now, I mean, the world was just so different, right? I, I think I had dial up internet. I'm not even sure if I had a cell phone. LinkedIn didn't exist. Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, none of this. So I'm, I'm hearing that dial up sound. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, it's just it's, it's interesting. I mean, I had, you know, AOL instant messenger. Um, 
So I would say a couple things. I mean, certainly like my upbringing being raised by my parents, specifically my dad is retired Marine. We lived in a lot of different places. And I think that opened my eyes up to being exposed to different types of people um, and really having an appreciation for diversity as well as like inclusion. I do think too, what's also shaped me is just having just historical knowledge of, of, of the world, specifically even before, you know, before I was born of just kind of understanding like how, how we've even gotten here. So as I was speaking before about just black owned businesses and, and sort of just thinking about some of the challenges that founders have faced, like, you know, it, it goes back to, to a lot of different like moments in time in history. So I think for me, like getting grounded um, in history. And then I think too, just like the current climate, you know, um, definitely starts to shape how you think about things, how you view things. And quite frankly, I've changed a lot just in this past year. You know, when I think about like this pandemic and, and the toll that it's taken, I've, I always tend to think about like, what is the lesson that we're supposed to learn? So I think from that perspective, there have been so many, you know, obviously my upbringing, going to college, like my work environments, like where I've worked at have certainly shaped me. But I think, you know, my values were always instilled in me at an early age, like with my parents. That said, you know, as you know, like, especially being a young adult and, and a child, sometimes you don't always understand what your parents are saying in the moment. But then like, as you get older, things start to click and make more sense too, as well. So that definitely keeps me grounded. But certainly, you know, my dad always taught me to be a hard worker, taught me to be honest and to just treat people fairly and kindly. Um, and those are certainly values that have guided me, you know, personally, as well as professionally. Mm, that's really a beautiful synopsis. I, I, you know, I really hope that the young leaders listening embrace what you're speaking to. So as you know, we look at the young leaders, that's one of the areas that I'm passionate about. I yet like, because you're our future, right? You will define where we end up because you're the ones that are galvanizing and changing and shifting the dynamics of what's happened in our country and actually equally globally. So I have two questions for you. One, what do you offer to the newer young leaders coming up? You know, if they had to have one or two sets of advice, what would you offer to them? And then you're still in the forefront of shaping where we're going. And thank you, because we need that. But what, how do you envision the future? How would you like to see the future? And what are you setting your anchors into as we're, you're focusing on your values? Of course. So in terms of what advice that I would offer to young leaders is I would say one, really be open to sort of the unknown. And I say this a lot because oftentimes when I talk to emerging leaders and, and students, they are always sort of preoccupied or they have like this grand plan of like what, what they're going to do in life. And so what I tend to push back with is when I think about the things that I'm doing, where I'm working at, many of these places like did not exist. Like Lyft didn't exist when I was in college, Postmates, Instagram definitely did not exist. So I always like to tell people to, you know, be open because what you might want to do, maybe the problem that you want to solve, it may not like even exist. You know, the other thing that I would say too is really take the time and it'll take some time. You know, I'm, I'm 36 and I'm still trying to find my passion. So give yourself time, give yourself some grace as well. I think that oftentimes, you know, again, we have this 
grand plan, grand vision. Um, and if we don't check off a box by a certain time, we feel like we, you know, are not successful. So I would say definitely give yourself time, give yourself new grace. And I would also say, you know, the other advice is like, don't be afraid to like walk away from things. If something doesn't feel right, if something is no longer serving you, if something is no longer aligns with like your values, like don't, don't be afraid to like walk, walk away from that. In terms of what I would want the future to to look like, and, and this is definitely very lofty, you know, is, is I, I want a future where everyone is equal and, and everyone is free and we're not there yet. Um, and I'm not sure that we'll be there necessarily, even in my, even in my lifetime, you know, um, one of the things last year that was, was interesting. So I live in New York, I, I live in Brooklyn. And so there was a period of time, this was like in June, July protests were heavy around the nation, just in response to the murder of George Floyd. And I couldn't step outside, you know, my apartment, I couldn't go to the park without there, you know, being a protest. And while it was like beautiful to see, it was also sad in some regards that, you know, we're having to still protest and, and, and march and just to be like seen as like equals. Right. And so I think for me, the future state is one where people are actually like free. And I know that it takes a while to get to freedom, um, but that's like really important. And specifically, there will be a time where, you know, I wouldn't want to have to over-index and focus necessarily on like Black-owned businesses because it's just in part of what we're doing and the, the playing field is like level. So we don't have to have necessarily like all of these initiatives, so to speak. Um, so for me, that's, that's my wor- world where everyone is free Everyone has the space and creativity to continue to make the world a better place where people can do the things that they love. They can feel safe, you know, with their families and their friends. That would be like an, an ideal state. That's, that's what I would want. And what do you think, Monique, in terms of getting to that future? Are there some tangible things that you say, hey, when I see people doing this, then I'll know that we're making progress. I like to look outside the window on a trip and say, are we there yet? Uh, <laughs> we're on our I way- mean, there's, there's, there's a couple of things. Um, there's been a lot of conversations over the years around the idea of reparations. And so I think that actually like is, is important. I think given the history of the U.S., there is a huge debt that is owed to Black Americans that hasn't been paid um, as of yet. And so, um, and, and I think that there have been a lot of wrongs like in history toward a number of like marginalized communities like here within the U.S. that have to be made right. So whether it's if we go back to slavery, if we look at Jim Crow, we look at redlining, the fact like that we're here in this present state, like isn't by accident. There were so many things that happened. So we have to, and in fact, go back and and undo those things. Um, So I certainly think that's part of it. I think you have a lot of companies now that have hired like chief diversity officers and we have all these like different reports around like diversity and inclusion. I I think once we see perhaps better, better numbers, so to speak, an increase of numbers, right? So you don't have organizations where you know, only 3% of the employees are Latinx or only 5% are Asian, like that could definitely 
definitely signal some degree of progress. Um, I think as well, like looking at wealth gaps as well, I think definitely that could be a certain sense of like progress as well. Um, so I, I think there's a couple of things it's, it's going to take, honestly, a lot of work to, to actually see some degree of progress and, and move in the right direction. But overall, it's something that will, you know, t- just take a, a lot of time based upon where we're at. Let's leverage your, uh, your Instagram expertise for a second mm-hmm. and say, we're about to make a post about our conversation today. You know, we want to have a nice picture, a nice visual. We want to have a, a summary statement. What do we say about what we've been talking about today? Your values. We've talked about social media and social issues and a future of a better, brighter day. But how do we summarize on Instagram? <laughs> how do we summarize? So here's what I would say is like a tip is like, you don't summarize. So Instagram is a really great place for like storytelling. And so that's something that I even sometimes lack. Cause I just, I always get stuck on like, what captions should I write? Right? Like, what is that? But what I find is the most engaging is when people give like a, a backstory, right? So you don't even have to limit it to a few topics. Like you could even, you know, perhaps reference, you know, what I said about like, the future state, what does that look like? And then you can invite others to comment on what does their future look like? You know, what, what do they want to see the world look like 20 years from now, 50 years from now, like, you know, when they're gone. And then I would even say too, obviously I know that this is audio, but something, you know, I always have to do a shameless plug for Instagram, but our uh, reels. And so um, people find a lot of people love to see like video and like action as well. So it might be worthwhile to actually, you know, post a video instead um, of a photo, which sometimes can be a bit static. People love to engage and see like video as well. So then if you have a bit of a story and then get your listeners, viewers, you know, um, engage in terms of asking them questions of like, what does the future look like for you? What do you want to see? And and how do we get there? Just starting that conversation. People love love to respond to questions on Instagram. Like when I look at the posts that are people really engage with, it's because somebody asked them a question and it could be a very small question. It could be like, literally, do you prefer apple pie or sweet potato pie? Or it could be something a bit more, you know, in depth. To, to get them By going. the way, it's apple. Okay, just saying. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm sweet potato. I just I have a thing about sweet potato, but I do love apple pie. I probably should have put those two together. I should have chosen something else because apple pie is also good as well. I, I so, think you've offered us a, a nice option. I would have never guessed sweet potato pie. <laughs> but Monique, I love what you were saying too. Is that you know, I, Instagram or otherwise, you know, maybe I'm one of those who like to get to the bottom line and summarize. But you've said eloquently, don't just focus on a picture and a caption you know, to tell a whole story when you have the, the potential to have a conversation. And, and I maybe, like that. maybe I can, <laughs> you know, well, you can use that in your next meeting. But- no, I mean, Maybe, maybe I will. Yeah. No, no, but what you got me thinking is, isn't that how we approach life sometimes? It's like, you know, I just want to get to the point here. What's, what's the Kirsten bust me. It's like, what's the action step, but it's like, what, what is the story? Where did you come from? You know, where's this point of view coming from or what's informing your position on any particular thing? Or like you say, even if it's a poll of interest, but uh, there's a lot of lesson to be learned there. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, I want to go back, kind of rewind a moment because when you were speaking to the young professionals, I think that it can, this can apply to anyone, not just professional, not just young, Absolutely. but stay open, right? That's staying open because you're right. We don't know what's going to be, what tomorrow's going to be. So if you're adaptable and you're able to even, it goes back to that self-awareness, having the ability to learn more about yourself. So when opportunity shows up, you can step into it, but have a value system to align to it, which when you're pulling in everything that you spoke to, and then apply that into the Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, it doesn't matter what the experience is, or even just general communication when we pass people on the street. It's a really powerful set of tools, if applied well, can really have an uplifting capacity to really create that future you're speaking to. That's very strong. Very strong. Well, Monique, can't thank you enough for a terrific conversation. You've prompted so many new thoughts and, and ideas. And I guess that's the point of our show is to think about our intelliki, this word that encourages us to pursue a soul's potential, a higher human purpose. And you seem like you're on that path yourself. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. I've really enjoyed the conversation. I, I appreciate <laughs> you guys both making the time and, and glad that Antoine connected us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listeners, our guest has been Monique McKenzie. By vocation, she has a role in lifestyle communications at Instagram, but by life and living she has a passion and values that were shaped in her own family and a real strong view of the future with, you know, all of us enjoying freedoms that we may not be experiencing today, but we can certainly embrace and help our fellow man as we expand and uh, work towards that. So Kirsten, thanks for a great conversation and listeners come back again for our next episode. I'm Mark Stenson for Kirsten Gouldie, and we'll see you next time on IntelliKey Leadership Stories. You've been listening to IntelliKey Leadership Stories. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many more. On behalf of your hosts, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stinson, thanks for listening to IntelliKey Leadership Stories. If you like IntelliKey Leadership Stories, I want to tell you about another podcast I host called Unlocking Your World of Creativity. Each episode features an expert from somewhere around the globe that tells us about how they get inspired, how they organize their ideas, and how they gain the confidence and connections to get their work out into the world. From singer-songwriters to entrepreneurs, on topics like data analytics to hotel management, we talk to experts from Milan and Oslo, Buenos Aires and Los Angeles, all over the globe to bring you the best ideas and inspiring your creative thinking you can find Unlocking Your World of Creativity wherever you listen to podcasts.